go. Welcome to the Strange Catholic Show. We've been away for a little while, but back by popular demand, we have Andy joining us again to talk about purgatory. And as always, we're going to open with a prayer. and We're going to pray the collect for today, which when we're recording is the feast of Pope St. Leo the Great. So let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would enliven within us the words you wish us to speak about this great teaching you've given us about purgatory, these truths you've given us about purgatory, that we may not forget our brothers and sisters who are, who are in the church suffering and always remember to lift them up in prayer in this month of November for the holy souls. O God, who never allowed the gates of hell to prevail against your church, firmly founded on the apostolic rock, grant her, we pray, that through the intercession of Pope St. Leo, she may stand firm in your truth and know the protection of lasting grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Andy, I know we've had you on before. If you want to just give like a quick, like one minute little background just for people that maybe didn't hear some of those other episodes, we'd love to have you just give a quick little bio, but we're so happy to have you back and thank you for joining us again. It's great to be back. So a really compressed bio. At 20, I left the church. At 24, I came back to the church and I've been reading ever since um, because I wasn't catechized when I was a kid. Um, I became a deacon in 2015. Um, I would be a much better priest now that I've been married for 23 years than I would have ever been as a single man. That's the truth. You know, everything I learned, I got from my wife. And that's about all the introduction you need unless somebody wants to know something specific. Oh, do you, uh, where do you serve right now? Like um, what diocese well, I mean, or whatever? I'm in southern New Mexico in the Diocese of Las Cruces, and I'm now in St. Jude's Parish. Fantastic. Yeah, and St. Jude has a big connection with the Shroud, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. Not today, but maybe another we'll time. do another time on that. Absolutely. All right, we we touched on it a little bit the first time he was on, right? Uh-huh. Just bit. a little bit. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we could do we could do four or five podcasts on it. Sure. Absolutely. If you're ready, I'll start. If okay. You right. Yes. Question, yes. Say, by all means. Yeah. yeah you just run with it, Andy. Yes, you run with it. Okay. You're up. Ready, set, go. So it's a, it's a race because I only have 30 minutes. Actually, I don't, I don't need but about five minutes to talk about purgatory. But in order to understand purgatory, we have to understand sin. And then you get the bonus of indulgences because they all go together. And so sin is important. And um, I think a consistent comparison would help. So I'll compare sin to a medical condition. So when we sin, we wound us and others. Obviously, we offend God. But the effect it has on the human beings is that it wounds us. So when, when I sin, I damage myself. I make it harder for me to connect with God. I make it harder for me to be good and easier to be evil. Um, now, the, the Greek and the Hebrew word for sin means to miss the mark. 
kind of like an archer. So if you're an archer and you're shooting for the bullseye and you hit the tree next to it, you miss the mark. That's that's the, the sense that you get from the Greek for sin. And so because, because that's the way it is and because we're the way we are, because we're subject to concupiscence, we're attracted to things that are bad for us and we're not attracted to things that are good for us. You know, everybody knows this because if you try to create a good habit, it takes like six weeks and about 15 minutes to break. If you start a bad habit, it takes about 15 minutes and about six years to break. So it's, it's, it's uh, inversely proportionate. And, uh, and so, you know, sin, sin does a lot of damage to us. It hurts us. It wounds us. It, it makes it harder to reach perfection. And we know that there are two kinds of sin. And St. John writes it in 1 John 5, 15 to 17, where he says there's a sin unto death or mortal sin. And then there's a sin that's not unto death. And those we call venial sins. So the church already has a language to express the kinds of sin that John is, is telling us about. It's the same concept. It's just we have words to express them. So it makes it a little, little easier, a little shortcut. So venial sin, of course, doesn't cessate your, your relationship with God, whereas mortal sin does. And there are two conditions for all sin. One, you have to know it's wrong, and two, you have to want to do it anyway. The difference between venial and mortal is that the third condition for mortal sin is that it's a serious matter. Now, you can't have sin if you don't have will, so you have to, you have to be willing to do it even though you know it's wrong. Those are the first two conditions. So if there is no act of will, then there can't be a sin. That's why those who are under the age of reason can't sin. That's why those who are... You know, uh, some people are learning deficient. Some people have problems. You know, if you have mental problems, if you go through, if you go through a trauma, you know, the 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 culpability for the sin is reduced. But that's not really the important thing in this. And so, when we sin, we give the demons um, a right to bother us. This is goes more toward the angel talk, but we can talk about angels later. Um, but but interestingly enough, when you go to confession, then the demons don't have a right to bother you. They can still tempt you, and God allows temptation to, to help us to grow, to help us to become stronger, to help us to understand what sin looks like, what temptation looks like, so we can avoid it. It's not so that we can practice. And so what we're practicing is trying to avoid sin. We're trying to not just avoid sin, but we're trying to be holy. We're trying to live a holy life. We're trying to do all the things that we need to do to be holy and avoid all the things that we need to avoid to not sin. And, you know, as as the priest that I serve with is famous of saying, you know, Scripture says that the righteous man sins seven times a day. And how many of us consider ourselves righteous? You know, most people don't even think about it. But we have to be righteous. And, you know, grace, grace helps us with that. So when we, go, when we go to confession, there are two kinds of contrition. There's perfect contrition and imperfect. I'll talk about the imperfect first. The imperfect contrition means that you're afraid of going to hell. That's imperfect contrition. So 
if I fear hell, and that's why I go to confession and confess my sins, that is perfectly fine. But perfect contrition is much better. You're afraid of offending God. You don't want to offend him. That's a better reason to go to confession, a better reason to strive for holiness. But both of them are fine, and both of them will get you into heaven as long as you continue with them. Hopefully, the more we mature, the more we go from imperfect to perfect contrition. That's generally what happens. And so, so because of that, um, when you go to confession, your sins are forgiven. But as I, I heard Scott Hahn use this, this example, it's kind of a, it, it gives you a, a picture of sin and its consequences and how you fix it. Um, there was a little boy playing baseball. He hit the ball, went through the neighbor's, the neighbor's window. So he goes to, rings the bell. He said, I'm really sorry. It's my fault. The ball went through your window. Would you forgive me? Yes. Is that the end? No. He has to pay for the window. And this is the reparations for the damage that sin does. You know, if I just stick to the, if I just stick to the spiritual medical condition, it might be easier. So we damage ourselves with sin and we confess, and we make a good confession, we are forgiven. But then there are prayers or actions that the priest will give us, and these prayers or actions will make reparation. They'll start the healing process, because God can heal anything that we do, but we have to cooperate. And so what what that does is the penance helps us to cooperate with God so that he can heal us, so that we can truly be holy. Because, you know, it's it's not like Martin Luther said, we're not snow-covered dung. God makes us holy so that we're actually holy. We have real holiness. It's not an imaginary thing. It's not something where we're all bad, but God, you know, uses a mirror trick so that we look okay. God doesn't use mirror tricks. He doesn't need them. Um, Amen. He actually transforms us so that we become holy. And so that's that's about sin and confession. And confession, of course, is important. Um, for that, um, you know, you can do other reparations when you here's an interesting thing that I'll jump forward. When, if you get to purgatory, if you go to purgatory, you cannot do anything to help yourself. Everything that you can do to help yourself is now in in this life on this earth. I don't want to be on this earth forever, but I want to be on here long enough to do as much as I can to help myself so that, um, you know, I don't have to. I don't need a whole lot of purging, but um, but we'll get to that. So we have sin, and then we have the reparations. Now, indulgences fit into this, and I'll talk about purgatory at the end, because when you hear about indulgences, you'll understand why. Now, this is a controversial topic because the church was buying and selling indulgences to try and build churches, and they were misusing. They, were, they weren't um, applying it properly. So what an indulgence is, there's two kinds. There's a partial and a plenary. A partial indulgence means that part of the damage that sin does, it heals. A plenary means it's full. That means that if you get a plenary indulgence, that all the damage that sin did is healed so that you have no more damage. And, you know, when we when we say it with, damage or or health then that that really helps to make it clear and so so those are those are just um 
that's just a little information about indulgences. There's indulgences for all kinds of things. You know, a pope, there was a pope, I don't remember his name, I'm sorry, but he was in the Middle Ages, and he gave a partial indulgence, if you read the Bible, for 30 minutes a day. And that indulgence from the 11 or 1200s is still applicable today. So anyone who reads scripture with attention for 30 minutes or more gets a gets an indulgence, gets a partial indulgence. So, and there's all kinds of things that you can get indulgences for. And indulgences are important because they help to heal us. It's a work of grace that the church applies to, to the individual Christian based on whether the Christian wants it or not. Because if I want it, then I'm going to do whatever actions are required to get it. If I understand that I'm wounded by sin and I understand that I need to be healed, then these things, I'll naturally want them because I understand that that's, that's what I need. And, and I don't want to... Quick Go question ahead. on indulgences. You do need to be in a state of grace, though, to receive those those benefits, correct? Yes, of course. Yeah, yes. So I just wanted to provide so, that clarification. Yeah, that's an important clarification. So a lot of times um, one of the one of the um, conditions for receiving the indulgence will be going to confession, going to mass, receiving communion, going to confession. It usually spent within like a week. Um, I know when I go to confession, I feel much better. So, and when I don't, then I don't. So, I'd rather feel better. Amen. And Amen. In order Go more to, often. In, Absolutely. Yeah. In order Absolutely. to be a good deacon, or in order to be a good Christian, in order to follow Christ well, we need to be cleansed. We need to be pure. You know, Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I don't know that that's possible this side of heaven. You know, not for most of us, you know. I'm not John Paul II, and he went to confession every week. So, obviously, he had to have valid matter to confess. So, so he was, he knew that he was a sinner, too. And we're all sinners. We're all sinners that God is redeeming, that God is healing and fixing so that we can, we can be with him forever. That, that's his original plan, anyway. He created us out of love, and he wants us to share communion with him and union with him. And that's that's the whole point of of understanding sin, avoiding sin, and getting indulgences. And so in purgatory, you know, I told you it was going to be short. In purgatory, what it is, it's not a place, it's not like the Hotel California, you check in but you never check out. Um, Peter Kreeft, um, <laughs> Peter Kreeft explained purgatory like the mudroom of heaven and that's that's a pretty good explanation because you know in the mudroom mom tells you get all that crap off you know you're down to your skivvies because you're just full of mud because you're out there rolling in the rolling in the dirt and the mud and all that you know because well kids that's what that's what they do you know i remember i was a kid i got filthy um and so God needs to clean us up. He needs to take and scrub behind the ears. Um, this is what purgatory is. Um, but it's not a place, per se. It's a process. It's a cleansing process. You know, when I was, a, I, I mentioned that I had left the church when I was 20 and came back at 24. Well, 
during those three and a half, four years when I was Protestant, there was a Protestant man who had a vision or a dream or something. Um, and he was on one side, he was on grass, the other side, and there was a there was a crystal clear stream, and he had to walk through that stream, went over his head. When he came out the other side, he was in heaven. He was purified. And that's that's kind of a nice, uh, a much less um, terrifying um, image of purgatory. Because uh, Yeah, that's a very clean, is, nice image, yes. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, because, you know, we could, we could have an image of fire, gold is is purified in fire and it burns off the dross but you know that sounds really painful um, i actually like the mud, mud room example better yeah the mud room is pretty good um going through that that clear lake or stream or whatever it was was is a good image because it's not terror it's not a terrifying image um purgatory uh is part of heaven but it's the entryway to heaven so as as everybody knows, anyone who's read the Old Testament knows that no one who has any imperfection can be in God's direct presence. And what purgatory is, so let's talk about it from the perspective of the Christian. Purgatory is for someone who is redeemed, but has inordinate self-love. Or inordinate whatever whatever it is. It's something out of order, something disordered, but not disordered in such a way that you're going to hell. It's disordered because it's not perfect. And so purgatory is a purgation process by which God perfects us so that we can share union and communion with God face to face, whatever that means. You know, I mean, Paul wrote about it. John wrote about it. But, um, but nobody knows what that means except for those who have experienced it. So St. John Paul II is experiencing it. Um, but God hasn't let him come back to describe it. And I'm pretty sure, you know, <laughs> Paul went up to the seventh heaven and he couldn't describe it. So um, I don't think that there are words to describe the experience we'll have um, when we get and stand before God or kneel, you know, like uh, uh, that one song, uh, by mercy me um where his father dies and he said i don't know whether i'm gonna kneel i don't know whether i'm gonna speak or be even be able to speak you know that's the experience is not something that we understand um because we don't have experience with it and usually for humans we judge things based on our experiences but we don't have right. anything to compare to what it's like to be in god's direct presence and so that's what purgatory does for us, is it cleans us up so that we can be in God's direct presence. Of course, um, when we die, our body and soul are separated. So um, the pain of purgatory isn't a physical pain per se. Although, as Father Ripiger says, the spiritual is far more distinct than the physical. So right. if there's pain in purgatory, the pain will be knowing that you're on your way to heaven, but you're not there yet. Yes. And that, that would cause pain. You know, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a destructive pain. It's kind of a constructive pain, if you will. Yes. Yeah. It's not deconstructing us. It's helping construct us into that image that God created us to be. Yes. 
Yeah, so he had a picture for what we're supposed to be. And I'm sure he has versions A through Z and more, you know, when we take the wrong turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many wrong turns I've taken. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can see that in the people of Israel. You know, still are. Yeah, right. Exactly. But (laughs) in the people of Israel, I'm doing this Old Testament class with the Diocese of Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going through all the Old Testament and and God will promise something, and then the Jews will sin, and then more penance. So the, the yes. Mosaic Covenant was was um, a downgraded covenant from the Abrahamic Covenant, you know, and that was downgraded several times. So there's there's penitential aspects to the Deuteron, uh, the Mosaic Covenant that um, that God never intended, but the people needed it. And so God always responds to us and gives us Amen. exactly what we need. And so, one thing, I mean, I know you've said it, but just to provide great clarity for our listeners is if you're in purgatory, that's a great thing because you're on your way to heaven. You will be a saint. Even if the church doesn't call you a capital S saint, you will be a saint. You're going to heaven. And in some way, you know that there is this, as Andy has talked about, this period of cleansing, purifying, suffering, because right. we call it the church suffering. Um, and it's really important for all of us, the church militant, to pray for those souls in purgatory. And I've received some questions here online from our faithful listeners. So I could, it, when we get to a point, maybe now is a good time to ask one of those just to, that they had some questions. Yeah, they're not listening to the podcast now, but they know the topic. So we said if they had any questions on purgatory, to send those in just so we can answer them. One question here is, do we believe everyone goes to purgatory first or only if you have sins which you have not confessed? I think you answered that, but if you could answer that again, so when our listener hears this podcast, uh, they'll they'll hear their question asked. Sure. Well, purgatory isn't to forgive sin. Purgatory is to cleanse one from any imperfections. And so um, anyone anyone who's bound for purgatory is not perfect. Anyone who goes straight to heaven doesn't need to go to purgatory. And but of course nobody knows, so it's impossible to answer specifics about that. Maybe a clarification on that is it's not you need to be in a state of grace to even get into purgatory. If you're living in mortal sin when you die, if you don't make a perfect contrition before you die, then the church says you do not go to purgatory. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's only two places you go: heaven or hell. Purgatory is part right. of heaven, but it's it's like the mudroom. That's so. Here's a good. question. I do have another question from JW from St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, does everyone get a chance to go to purgatory, or do some people just go straight to hell? You may have talked about that a little bit. I know you have. Once you are sent to purgatory, can you still go to? hell or will you either stay in purgatory indefinitely or go to heaven so these are some of the questions that we're getting from our listeners those are good questions and there's only two end points heaven or hell purgatory is a part of heaven i right. don't know how to yeah. say it. yeah yeah, yeah. so if, if you're in right here right if you're in purgatory you're going to heaven you can't be yes. in purgatory and go to hell so you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell if you're in purgatory, it's not indefinite. The church used to 
used to try to explain it with years, but that only, I think, confused the issue more because there's no, there's no um, time outside of this earth. And so to say you have 150 years in purgatory doesn't really make any sense. You know, theologically, it's kind of silly. Um, you know, that what the attempt yes. was to try and make it comprehensible, but what right. ended up happening is that it made it more incomprehensible. Confu than Yeah, way more would. confusing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I like the, the dirty kid that mom throws in the bath and has to scrub behind the ears and clean up. That's kind of what it's like. And the kid doesn't like it, but once the kid is done and gets dinner, then he's really happy. Amen. So I have one more question real quick here. This is from CW from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Is it actually brought on by your own regret? So you and you are internally haunted by the choices you feel were wrong. I don't know if that's a really good question, but thank you, CW, for that question. And thank for all those questions that have come in. So if you have a comment on that, Andy. Um, no, uh, the, the heaven or hell result isn't regret. It's your actions. It's what you've done. It's like it says in the Bible, you know, the books are open and your works are reviewed and you're judged according to your works. So what we do gets us to heaven or hell, not because of our works. That that has to be an important clarification. You know, grace saves us. In other words, it's the action of God that saves us. But our works depend on what we do. So in 1 Corinthians 3, um, Paul talks about those who have hay, stubble, wood, and they'll be burned up, but they'll be saved as through fire. Whereas the other, you know, the precious stones and the metals and stuff, those are the good works. And so those works will survive um, into heaven. So those are the merits. The church talks about merits and what Paul is talking about is really in seed what the church teaches about merits, where if we do the right thing for the right reason in a state of grace, then we gain merit. And merit gives us maybe a bigger condominium in heaven, you know, speaking in a colloquial way, you know, because well, right. Jesus yes. said there, there are many mansions or rooms or however you want to translate it. So, you know, you know, I'd, I might get a little shanty, but I'd be really happy to have a shanty in heaven. Amen. Yeah, right. I'll take I'll take I don't even need a shelter. I just want to get there. No, I think that just give me yeah, a little corner. So, right. So the the discussion yeah. so far, I think has been just wonderful. And it's to the essence for of who we are and what we're about. Right. And I think that you could take what you said and you could put it in front of any parish. And I think this is sometimes I think where we have a gap where we don't sit with our parishioners and say, this is why this is important. This is why sacrifice is important. Why are we here? Because we're trying to reach this, you know, everybody wants to get to heaven and this process and all that. And I think if you could distill that and explain that to them in those types of terms that you did, maybe, you know, a little bit easier, but in, in, in the same way, I mean, it really just simplifies what we're all about. So, so I think it's very, very valuable to bring this to parishes and stand in front of them and give them that information. And sometimes I don't see that being done enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a regional deacon conference. We're in Region 13. This was several years ago, long before COVID or any of that. And I told them, I'm going to give a talk on purgatory. And half of the deacons said, 
I can't even explain it, you know. And we start talking a little bit about purgatory. Um, it's important that we understand the the most simplified way you can talk about it is if you talk to a little child and you say, well, you know, when you're bad, then that means you're headed toward hell. When you're good, you're headed toward heaven. And, and it's really very simple. Um, the, the theology makes it more complicated, but you want to be accurate. So, but, you know, ultimately, if we're serving God, then we're required to be good. And if, and if we're serving God and we're not good, we're going against what we say we're doing. So if we contradict ourselves by our actions, then we don't really have any recourse unless we ask for mercy. That's why I like St. Teresa of Lisieux. She said, if you want judgment, ask for it. If you want mercy, ask for it. And of course, the way we ask for it is the way we live. And then at the end of our lives, you know, what are we going to ask for? Amen to that. Well, Andy, let me ask you this then. So say, you know, in the case of a sudden death, mm-hmm. where where would that soul then end up if they were not, did not have the opportunity to perhaps get last rites? Well, um, you know, God is a perfect judge, so he he can save outside of the actions of the church. And we have to realize that. So so if I was driving to church, you know, tomorrow morning to do a communion service and a big Mack truck was coming down the street and didn't stop at the light and broadsided me and killed me, you know, am I ready? Well, I don't know. But what happens at the very last second? I don't know because I've never experienced that. Um, did I ask for mercy or did I ask for judgment? Did I do it with my life? Did I do it with my words? You know, so I have to be asking for mercy with my life, with everything that I do, with how I treat people, with what I do and how I do it. And I have to be asking for mercy with my mouth. They have to coincide. If I ask for mercy with my mouth and I've been completely wicked, if I ask for mercy at the end, God will give me mercy. But um, but it's better if what I do and what I say coincide if they support one another. I'm not sure whether that really answers your question, but that's a that's a tough question to answer because, well, quite frankly, I don't have any idea. Sure. <laughs> well, and I think you're looking at multiple levels there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I don't have any further questions for Andy. Andy, do you have anything else you want to summarize before we close it out? Uh, well, you know, to, to take that medical, the spiritual medical condition and apply it to our lives means that when we sin, we hurt ourselves, we damage ourselves. And sometimes our sins damage others. And obviously they offend God, but I'm speaking at it, um, on the effect of our sins on us and those around us. And so when we, when we incur these wounds, you know, it's kind of like being in a war. You know, if a shell goes off near you, it might do some damage. If it goes off further away, it'll do less damage. If it's right under your feet, it'll do much more damage. But no matter how much damage it does, um, the damage from sin makes it harder to be holy, allows the demons to bother us. And when we go to confession, we unburden our hearts of these things. 
we give them to God through the ministry of the priest. He forgives us through the ministry of the priest. And and if the priest knows us, he can give us a good penance that will suit what we need. You know, that's why having I like having my spiritual director be my confessor. You know, I did that on purpose because, you know, I have I know how crafty I can be. So I don't want to be crafty. I just want to be I want to be transparent to my spiritual director so that if I'm being crafty, you can say, oh, no, cut that out. Um, I don't want that because my ultimate goal is heaven. What I said at my 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 mother died recently and we had a funeral here after the fact. Um, and I preached and I said, the trajectory of your life will show you where you're going. How are you living now? What are you doing now? How are you treating other people now? If you're doing bad now, the trajectory of your life leads to hell. We don't want us to talk about that, but that's the bad place, as my friend John would say. If your trajectory of your life is good and you're doing helping others and you're doing good, um, then your trajectory leads to heaven, to the, the good place. And so there's only two places, the good place and the bad place. I want to go to the good place. If it goes through purgatory, that's just fine with me. Um, Amen. I don't I can't even imagine how I could be perfectly purified on this earth. I know how limited I know am. I know how how much weakness I have. You know, I mean, weak, our weaknesses are you, a great you and me blessing. Both. Our, our weaknesses are a great blessing. I, I have said that from the pulpit a number of times, and I get, you know, the, the, the dog, you know, um, you know, they're a blessing what? because if I didn't have my weaknesses, I wouldn't need God. Um, and so yes. because of my weaknesses, oh, I have to rely on him so much more. Yeah, I like that. That's a really good way of describing it. Can I use that in my next homily, Andy? You can do whatever you want, Terry. Go right Thanks, ahead. brother. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd share everything. It's okay. Anything yeah, yeah. that you hear, if you like it, please feel free to steal it. Well, okay. actually, I'm giving it to you. you don't he to he writes it. them and posts them on LinkedIn, too, by the way, if anyone's yeah, interested. Is true. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Bye, I Andy. post them all. I'm preaching on Christ the King. This coming oh, week. beautiful. There. Praise God. We've yes. been following. This is like the third time. I, I preach always on the third the third weekend of Jesus oh, sure. Christ the King. So this is like my third or fourth time Christ the King. I uh I'm actually supposed to uh preach that weekend as well. Uh but um my son is also playing in the state adapted soccer tournament. Uh, his team made it to state. And uh so I just asked the priest if he wouldn't mind uh preaching that weekend although i would absolutely love to preach that weekend because that is such a great feast i mean all the all the sundays are a great feast i mean let's face that but there is just something there's just something there about christ the king that's just at that little notch up and mm -hmm. uh yeah i absolutely i absolutely love that so i'm a little disappointed but i'm also recognized my duty as a and my honor as a father to be there for my son, especially in his senior year of high school, to uh, cheer him on. And and hopefully, uh, you know, God willing, his team will come home with the trophy. That's great. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very proud of him. Oh, yeah. Give him a high five for me. I will do that. Awesome. Yeah, Andy, we, thank you so much for... Talk about or we're about yeah. done? 
I don't well, think, I think so. Well, uh, uh, I think we've kind of gone over that 30-minute mark again. We, we, <laughs> did, we, get, we pushed it a little bit, but right, yeah, I can't fine. say thank you enough and for agreeing to come back our, on. Yeah. That's my we had listener questions. We had, I, hey, they were actual hey? questions. I were not my questions. They were listener questions. Now we just, <laughs> I know. Now Beautiful. I just, just got to tell those folks to listen. Indeed. Before they get their answers. Yeah, absolutely. And it's we'll have to have you. Yes, thank you. We'll have to have you back on soon to talk about uh, the shroud and all the other things that we discussed before we started taping. Sure, Indeed. whatever you guys want. To I mean, recording. Yeah, he means recording, but he's, <laughs> real he's real. old, Terry. He's old, Terry. <laughs> he is showing his age. Real to real. He's still younger than me, but he is showing his age. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Towards the end. You got the tape going? You got the tape going? You got the record going? Yep, I better. Yep. You all set with the razor blade to do some editing, Phil? I don't even know what that means, Terry. So. That's funny. But I'll do editing, yes. But I won't be, it'll be all digital. So no razor blades required. No razor blades required. You could send me a cassette of this broadcast. I'd appreciate it. I'll send you well, a link. At least he's not asking for an A track. A track or cassette. We digressed quickly. We digressed quickly. We did. Uh, does anyone want to close with a closing prayer? Terry. Terry does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, for Terry, for closing us out in prayer. <laughs> Thanks for voluntolding me, Bob. Well, I'll do it All if right. you want me to. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, actually, you know what? Why don't you? We, Because the, the listeners hear from me often enough. Why yeah. don't you go ahead, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Like Andy months. We'd, we'd be honored if you would close us out in prayer. I would be happy to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for all of your blessings. We thank you for your church and all of her teachings. We ask you to help us to live holy lives so we might understand what you wish us to do and give us the grace and the strength to do it. We ask all these things in your holy name. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace and work hard. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Thanks be be to to God. God. Amen. It's God great for you, to be brother with you Andy. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey.